I'm Andy. And I'm Jessica. And this is The Coop. You're listening to The Coop Homeschool Podcast. This is your podcast for community, humility, and joyful fun in homeschooling. This is episode 36, Socialization. Today we're talking about socialization. Ooh, that's a it biggie. Is. Yes, it is. We're going to talk about what it is, what it isn't, and how it has the capacity to get homeschool moms riled up like nothing else. Awesome. Yes. I'm excited. But so, first, let's do a scoop. Okay, I'll go first. Today we went to uh, our favorite park. Okay. It's local. Yes. And it's three dollars to get in, yes. which I love, right? Because um, only people who are intending to be there are there. Mm-hmm. And um, it was beautiful, green, lush. There's yeah. a whole hiking trail, and for the first time, you won't believe I did this. I allowed my almost eleven year old and my nine year old to go with an eleven year old and another nine year old on the hike by themselves. Nice. Well that was that was hard and my my homeschool mom friend who I was with was like I was like I was like I'm kind of a chameleon like if if the mom I'm with is is super free willy she's like free willy <laughs> willy nilly <laughs> yeah free I was willy. like if the mom I'm with is super free willy child in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> then then I totally am free more free willy but if the yeah. moms I'm with are more hovering Right. And then I'm super hovering and I'm, I was like, so I'm a little nervous right now letting them go. And she's like, they'll be fine. Right. right. There's, There's enough of them. them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're tall enough. Now they're big enough. If yeah. one got hurt, they could definitely leave one with them. Right. Two could come, right. you know? So it was just, it was just funny that I was like, oh my goodness, is this happening? You know? Yeah. So crazy. anyways, that was, that was our, our, and they loved it. They even came home and they're telling, you know, the spouse, oh, we got to go on a hike by ourselves with no grown-up. Yeah. How did your spouse react? Like, really? Yeah. I think mine would be like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I was a little nervous about it, but there wasn't very many people there. Oh, there was a lot of people there. <laughs> so, yeah. But, awesome. Yeah. So, they loved it. Awesome. What about you? Um, we... Did a donut road trip. Oh, right. <laughs> what? I should have said that one. Um, no, we um, organized a donut road trip for our co-op, and um, it was based on our book club um, books of the month, which were The Jelly Donut Difference and How to Eat Fried Worms, yeah, an old favorite from my childhood, yeah. and I'm glad it ended up being a good read. Yeah, was I wasn't fun. sure if it would still hold up over all these years, but it did. Well, it had nice. the feeling of um, almost, I was telling my husband, like a stand-by-me feeling. It did. Yeah. It was super sweet. Just, you know, these four boys and, you know, anyway. There was a little cruel moment in there where I was like, gasp. Right. You know? But it but, wasn't as bad as I was worried it might be. Yeah. But, and and compared to like stand-by-me, it was, you know, but it, yeah, it just, because it was written back in was 70s, the 70s. Yeah. So they, they use like Helter Skelter yeah. and yeah, that's when I was like, wait, when was this written? Yeah. Yeah, it was was, fun. It was a lot of fun. And then um, we did a little mini road trip around San Diego County, and Mm -hmm. our whole co-op tagged along. You even went all in. Oh, I know. Rented that uh, 15-passenger van. Oh, my word. That was, I was so, I'm so glad we did that, because the whole time, your daughter was in there. We had two other moms and their kids in there. And I was really glad we did that, because it actually helped me to envision what, 
the future is going to look right. like. Renting and, two of those and yeah. taking our whole group somewhere. Yeah. You know, like or a real even, road trip. And yeah. I was even thinking like, if two moms want to take all the teenage girls right. on an overnighter in Hollywood and go right. watch a taping of a show and right. go to the El Capitan and stay in like a couple of hotel rooms, that would be so fun, yes. you know? And, and so just seeing how that worked, how, how to park and, right. you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. It was, I was nervous the whole time driving it because it is quite the length of a van, you know? Right. And it's a beast. But it is a beast. You did it. I did it. Yeah. 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 And I stayed in my van with yeah. my little guy. I made it a special thing because yeah. he's still rear facing and I just didn't, yeah. just didn't want to bother. Totally. So anyway, he and I had a blast. He, he was pleasantly happy to have oh. a special time with mom. So totally. we listened to the donut playlist and just made it a good time of it. So That's that was so a fun. fun, yeah, that was a fun thing. It was. And yeah. it was delicious. Yes, it was. All right, so let's jump into socialization. All right. Um, so <laughs> I was on a Facebook homeschool group just last week, and somebody posted about socialization, and within an hour, it probably had 700 comments. Oh, my word. <laughs> you know, it was somebody it saying, like, button item. yeah, um, my, my family friend asked me how I would socialize my children if we were homeschooled. And then every homeschool mom out there was, oh, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah their, their yeah. thumbs must have gotten really tired. Exactly. They got quite the workout. <laughs> exactly. So that's the thing. It's a really big conversation. And I'm not sure what non-homeschoolers think socialization is. Yeah. Or the people who are worried about it. I'm not sure what they think socialization is. Do you think it's, um, they just don't, they want their kids to fit in? I can't tell. I never can tell if they're really just thinking that homeschoolers don't see other people. Well, okay. I know. Right. When I was younger, the only homeschool family I knew, and I've talked about this on right. podcast a long time right. ago, there was like 13 or kids right. or whatever, and they were all wearing thrift store clothes, which I know is super cool now, but wasn't back then. Sure. And their hair wasn't combed. They looked dirty. And they only talked with each other. Right. You know, it's kind of like, um, oh, like the book uh, Educated. You sure. know, just kind of just backwoodsy. Right. You know. So in that particular instance, so you're talking like 90s, mm -hmm. early 90s. Mm -hmm. And so I think back then, for sure, that was definitely the stereotype of homeschoolers. Yeah. So maybe people are stuck in that stereotype of, of these small families that really don't interact much with society at all. Right. You know, and yeah, and if you don't meet them, like... If you're in the traditional school circuit, right, <laughs> you you aren't really encountering a lot sure. of homeschool kids unless you're um, in a another group that might like I encountered them because my church happened to have a lot of homeschool kids, exactly. and that's when I first started. Like my church is an adult, right? Yeah, so that's when I first started encountering like kids that were you know, clean clothes and brush right. their hair and, right. you know. Yeah, that one family was actually the anomaly. It was, yes. yes. Yeah, and I mean, throughout my, my dancing days as a child, um, I met tons of homeschooling families, and those were girls I was actually friends with. Right. You know, so to me, there was no challenge of getting to know each other or socializing together. And so I think there's, I think the real thing that people have when they say socializing is they have this old idea of what homeschooling looks like. They really just still see Little House on the Prairie. Right. You know, they do have this odd concept of what a homeschooler comes out to be like. Well, yeah. And when you think about it, um, when you don't have two incomes, a lot of times that can mean 
a totally different lifestyle when you only have one. And, um, and back then, maybe the ones who could afford to only have one parent working were the ones who lived in the country. Exactly. Who didn't have the Orange County or LA big city prices. And right. so they weren't even in our cities, you right. know? Absolutely. And then now, I mean, in the 2020s, yeah, it's not even the 2000s, 2000s anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was fun to say 2000s, but now it's the 2020s, the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> oh, oh, we should have a Roaring Twenties party. Yes, we should. Um, <laughs> the um, homeschooling is such a more mainstream thing that I think it just feels really absurd to hear this question, to hear this as a reason that people think you shouldn't homeschool your kids. Yeah, I've been asked... Um, I won't say who it is, but I've been asked by like child psychologists how I was going to socialize my ch- children. Right. And I was like, aren't you a child development right. specialist? Okay, like, so let's let's go there because okay. so socialization isn't just social skills and that kind of thing. Socialization is the act of socializing and learning social norms by interacting in society. I mean, just within your family, that's socialization. Mm-hmm. Just that's within your community or your church group or your extended family, Mm -hmm. that is socialization, let alone if you actually put your kids in activities and other things. Right. So in my opinion, most people have opportunities to socialize. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's interesting that even a child psychologist would kind of question that. Yeah, it's really, really surprising. Yeah. But here's what I also (laughs) think. I think that we often conflate socialization with how people behave, mm-hmm. right? So maybe what people are really saying is, well, maybe if you homeschool, your kids are going to be antisocial. Maybe, but antisocial is a completely different thing. That's like a disorder, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. It's a yeah. personality disorder. That's I don't think that's wherever okay. they're yeah. in traditional schools yeah. or yeah, that has its own risk factors. Homeschooling is not one. Yeah. Right. Yes. But then, do they mean maybe introverted? people who actually just want to keep to themselves and maybe introverts are more likely to be homeschooled because they have more challenges in social settings. Well, it's the, you know, growing up in a traditional school, there is a load of people who are quiet. Oh, totally. You know, so, I mean, you can have a quiet extrovert or or, you can have a, a, a loud introvert too. Yeah, that's and what so, I consider my child and my husband. Mm-hmm. I think that they are outgoing introverts. Yeah. They recharge by being alone and they need that time and I have to manage that for my daughter. But she has out socially, she is totally fine. She loves hanging out with people. Mm-hmm. She just needs to recharge by herself. Yeah. Sometimes it's a whole day, sometimes it's a whole weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, rem- I remember those people at lunchtime yeah. sitting by themselves in <laughs> traditional school. Right. And then going over and talking to them, and they they didn't want to talk to me, right. or they gave that off because right. they were so shy and didn't have social skills. But that was also in a traditional school. Right. You don't have to be homeschooled no. to to sit by yourself at lunch. Right. You know? So then maybe people don't really mean antisocial, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Introverts, you encounter introverted people in all walks of life, mm-hmm. so that can't be the case. Yeah. So maybe they're thinking socially awkward. Yeah. I mean that's. Yeah. That's where you go next, right? It's it's the weird kid, right? Right. Yeah. But let's, like, I think about something that's so funny in our, maybe the last 10 years, people, even in movies, it's become a popular thing to be awkward 
You're like, yeah. oh, sorry, I'm just awkward. Oh, yeah. You know, putting your foot in your mouth all the time. That's like oh, yeah. a trope in movies, like oh, yeah. the awkward girl. Well, what are the cool? What are the cool movies called? They're like the indie movies, right? right. Like of the awkward, like the right. 300 Days of Summer. She's kind of awkward. You know, sure. the yeah. Zoe Dachanels of the right. world. You know, yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, do they scream homeschooler to you? Yeah, no. No, yeah. they just are who they are. Right. <laughs> so I think for homeschoolers, it just feels so offensive to to kind of insinuate like that A is a bad thing. Right. And then B, that they must have been homeschooled to become that because it's very obvious by interacting in society that that is not the case. Yeah, I almost never know how to respond when people ask me about that right. because I'm like, I, I don't even know what you're asking. Like, right. do they have friends? Right. Yes. Right. They have friends, you know, and look at how outgoing and friend making I am. Sure. I, I can thrive helping my kids in that avenue, exactly. whether they're in traditional school or homeschooled. And then you also have the parents that we've met that don't have any of those skills. No. And their kids are either in traditional, traditional school or homeschooled and they don't help them out in that no avenue. One. And they are the one, they're... They're the ones in the trench coats walking around with their black No, but no, I'm mean, just saying, yeah. like, like you still have people who right. are unique yeah. and unapologetic about who they are, whether they're in homeschool or totally traditional school. And 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 the parents do sometimes play a role and sometimes right. don't. I mean Right. Because I was thinking you were gonna say, like, we know people who have a hard time socially themselves adults yeah moms, totally. yeah who go out of their way to make we sure do. that their yeah. kids have places to to be social mm -hmm. places to make friends and their friend or their kids are fantastic oh totally yeah they're totally social they know how to make friends they know what's expected of them within a social interaction mm -hmm. you know whether kids conform to that all the time or not is right. a different story but i think they understand that and so yeah. but even even the mom though right. is awkward right because, right. But she's fine with that. Right. You know? That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the not knowing how to respond when people say that is really kind of why I wanted to tackle this. Because what do people mean? You know, yeah. that's why we went down the list. Antisocial, socially awkward, weird. You know, do they mean that your kids are not going to actually see people? You know, because all yeah. of this to me is absurd. It is. And so let's dive deeper into the, um, to the, the weird and the conformity and the socially awkward and, and where we learn these skills from. Because yeah. really, like weird, like weird according to whom? Yeah, let's do that. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that, I think that there's this idea and the bubble gets really small. So if you're thinking about where your kids are going to have a hard time fitting in, is you think about traditional school settings. Right. You think about high school and junior mm -hmm. high and how miserable it is if you don't fit into that social group. Yeah. But I think a lot of us confident veteran type homeschoolers, we look at that as this tiny little bubble in our kids' whole world. Mm -hmm. And why am I going to be worried about them conforming to this bubble or being right. weird according to these people? You know, why are a bunch of middle school schoolers determining what is socially acceptable? Oh, they and they shouldn't be. <laughs> they shouldn't be. <laughs> Homeschooled or not, you yeah. know, traditional or not. Middle schoolers should not have the ability to to say what is and what isn't acceptable behavior within their group. Well, yeah, and isn't it funny though when you hear parents talking about 
like fashion and stuff, right. like on social media, like, oh, my kid says I need to part my hair down the middle, or my kid says I need to stop wearing skinny jeans. It's like, why do you care? They're middle school, they're, they're 13, right. Right. you know? It, why do they even get to have give you an opinion about right. that at all, right. you know? Yeah, they don't know. So I think that that's one of the biggest things is thinking about society as a whole, because I think that's what homeschoolers are really a little more focused on is, is the true end goal. I want my kids to function in society, right? Not within this tiny little group for the short amount of time. Of all peers. Right. Of all peers of of the The same same age. age. I want them to know how to talk to an adult. I want them to know how to talk to, you know, somebody who's 85 years old that they're talking to at a nursing home as part of a service project. Yeah. I want them to know how to take care of a two-year-old and talk to them appropriately. You know, I want my kids to socialize with a diverse group of people in order to teach them about what our society really looks like. I love that. Well, and I've said this before, when I was a junior high teacher... That's what one of the main things that turned me on to homeschooling was the kids who were transitioning from elementary homeschool into traditional school. They came through our private school. Right. And, and those are who were saying, Hey, how was your weekend? I'm like, what? Why do you want to know about me? Right. Well, because I was a person they cared about and wanted to know about. Right. They don't have these, these predetermined rules about what you're allowed to say to a teacher because they think you're in a different bubble. Right. You know, I don't want my kids to live and only look at their little tiny bubble. I want them to be able to talk to everybody. Right. I want them to talk to you. Yeah. We were just over at someone's house for dinner, and I guess Micah was at the table, and I had walked away, and he turned to the mom and said, so what have you been up to? He's a great conversationalist. He's he's definitely an introvert. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But when he comes to my house, he talks to my husband like like they're just hanging out. And I'm like... I think he's in the same thing right. to, to your to Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 For sure. And it's just, I mean, if he leaves and my husband's like, oh, you know, like, it's so sweet so that sweet. these kids are able to do that. Like, that's what I'm raising. Right. That's yeah. what I, I want to accomplish is my kids being able to, to be a member of society, not right. just a member of their ninth grade, you right. know, not just a member of the 10th grade. Now, that isn't to say that being aware of what those smaller peer groups deem acceptable or not isn't somewhat important, right? Right. If you aren't the type of person who can be unapologetically yourself without some level of internal discomfort, then you might want to know what that peer group is mm-hmm. is doing or thinking or, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't want my kids to live their life oriented around that. Right. Because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like my son keeps telling me, like, why do you care about impressing people? And right. I'm like, I don't, but I... But, but I, I, I guess do. I do. Right. You it's know? sort of trained into all of it us. Is. And I'm interested to see what the outcome will be, you know, with our generation mm-hmm. of children growing up and seeing if there's a difference or not. I think on some level, just being a member of society, we all become somewhat conscious. It's just a matter of how much we care. And I think that I tend to care a lot because mm-hmm. I'm a little more, I'm a little less outgoing too. I don't really like attention drawn to myself. So the more I fit in, the less that I stand out, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so that's more what it is, or I want to be liked, or I don't want to hurt people's feelings. And that yeah. comes with being empathetic as well. And so there's, it's, it all becomes very intertwined. Well, and it's a skill when you enter the workforce, because if you don't know how to put on certain behaviors, right. if you, you don't know how to have that awareness, or if you have that awareness and you're not willing to put on those certain behaviors, 
you won't get the job right. or you won't succeed in your job. You right. won't be promoted. So it's it's ha- it's being able to compartmentalize that as well. Absolutely. I mean, just speaking of the workplace, that's its own bubble. Yeah. You know, so again, it is important to understand the, um, the oh, I can't think of what I would like to say here, but the, the goings on of your particular peer group. Mm-hmm. So I do think that it's important to notice that. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of whether you choose to conform or not. Right, yeah. And then at that point, look at how big the world is. I know. Look at all those introverted D&D players. Oh, yeah. God knows. I love a lot of them. Yeah, you know, I do. They're in my family. <laughs> you know, my my nephew is like a D&D, D&D podcaster. Is, He's not introverted, though. Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, game. Yeah. Gaming. And, and it's been around since the 80s. If mm-hmm. you've watched, uh, what's that? Stranger Things. Yep, if you yeah. watch Stranger Things, you know about D&D. We should do a Stranger Things theme day. Mm-hmm. Oh, but our girls have to be kids of the older. Yeah, our yeah. kids okay. have not watched Stranger Things, <laughs> just to be clear. In, in eight years, <laughs> let's, yes, yes. let's uh, do that. Um, but I think think that there's a place for everybody nowadays if we can all just get over our own you know ideas of what's weird or socially awkward or whatever mm-hmm. I mean there's there's a place for everybody yeah there's a place for people who only listen to to k-pop music right. you know here in America there's a place for people who are avid book readers and don't mm-hmm. do much else. Right. You know, there's book clubs for them. There's people, you know, there's writers clubs. There's all kinds of things for mm-hmm. all kinds of people. And so conforming too hard or being too worried about a particular bubble is really limiting. Yeah. You miss out on finding your people. Yeah. And it's so funny how, um, anytime I think of like a, talking to someone about socialization, it's really character development that I end up talking yeah. about. And it's a totally different thing. Right. But it's funny, like, you know, I was thinking of how I had to teach my nine-year-old when she really hurt a seven-year-old's feelings the other day. And um, just without thinking. Right. And so then when I was addressing that and having her go and apologize, I was like, oh, right. like, oh, this is socialization. Actually, that's character development. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So so it, it's funny how even that gets intertwined. It definitely does. And I think that that's what's really important to to distinguish when you're talking about this, if somebody is really harassing you about the socialization issue, I think it's really important to talk about. Like, are you worried that I'm not going to teach them to be a good person? Yeah. Because if you are, let me tell you how I'm doing. Right. That. You know, I've already been teaching them social skills since they were a baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't say hello to their infant like 500 oh, yeah. times a day? Or Hi. smile at them. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> 500 times a day, I know. At least. <laughs> I mean, my little guy's only three, so it's still fresh, you yeah. know, like I still have to not do those things to him, but it's amazing how integrated into our souls yeah. as mothers Say bye-bye. Exactly. Say bye-bye. Right. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. You know, like how long do we have to model please and thank you? Oh, you know I what know. I mean? I yeah. still do it with my nine-year-old because yeah. I, it's an important thing that I need her to be aware of. And yeah. so, so. Well, it, I have yeah. to tell you, we, when we used to go to a different church and when we would show up. My daughter's friend sat right in front of us, yeah. and she would always turn around and go, and we were always late. So the the preaching or the prayer or whatever's already happening. Right. So we're sliding in like incognito, yeah. you know, and you know our friend turns around, hi, and waves, and and my daughter would just stare at her. <laughs> we're being quiet right yeah, now. Yeah, no smiling, no anything. And so after a couple times, you know, I'd see her friend turn back around like, oh. Like maybe I shouldn't have said hi to her, you know, and my heart would break. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, so finally I said, oh, when people smile at you, remember to smile back. 
Like, even if you're supposed to be quiet, you can still smile. Right. And it's like, oh, okay. You know. Right. And But that's important. So that's teaching them. That is teaching them to act, interact in society, right? It's right. just a matter of, of the learning of what's okay or not. You right. know, and if you hadn't mentioned that to her, who knows what her peer group would say, right? right. There's this whole culture of mean girls, oh, right? Totally. Well, then so, she would have been considered the mean girl, exactly. actually, because she's just staring her down. Right. You know? And then at what point does that get reinforced right. or not by a small peer group? Mm-hmm. But because you are aware of her social interactions and you are there to help with them, mm-hmm. you can kind of thwart those things and improve her character development, therefore making her a better member of society at large right, yeah. rather than worrying about, oh, are her own friends going to teach her how to interact oh, right, nicely? Right, yeah. Why would you leave it up to a bunch of nine-year-olds to yeah. teach them to be nice to each other? Well, yeah, and she was probably like six at the right, time. exactly. I mean, can you imagine? No. Yeah. We don't ask other, other six-year-olds to teach our kids anything. No, that's where they practice their skills, yeah. you know, and, and hopefully in a more diverse uh, range of ages too, because then there's natural leaders that come out of the older kids. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, yeah. opportunities to practice empathy and to mm-hmm. practice compassion mm-hmm. with the little ones. I think, I mean, we know for sure, we've already discussed this before, but that kids who interact often in more diverse um, ages they tend to work towards teamwork rather than competitive play. Oh, right. You know, yeah. there's the, the common goal is to For just that. play. You know, whereas m- too many kids of the same age, they, they have to find a leader. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like a wolf pack. Someone's yeah. got to be the alpha. Yeah. And someone's got to be and the And either one could be good. Sure. You know, they're both there's skills. Time for yeah. Both. yeah. Yeah. But it's not that homeschool kids aren't learning anything. No. You know? Exactly. They're just learning maybe some other skills because yeah. they're surrounded by a broad a- range right. of ages, including adults. Yeah. And it's actually interesting in doing a lot of my preparation for socialization, it really made me think about, um, you know, the things that were instilled in me, maybe because I spent too many, too much time in, um, very narrow peer groups mm-hmm. and I became a highly competitive person. You know, I, I mean, I needed to get the A. I needed to do oh, this. Right, I needed totally. to do that. Yeah. I was highly competitive all the time and not even for myself. Right. You know, because once I was homeschooling as a teenager and then enrolled at the community college and beyond, I really learned to just work for myself. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. It's, it's freeing, isn't it's it? It's very freeing. Yeah. And, you know, I never really articulated any of that until recently. And then think about the workplace. If I dare go here, think about a huge population of people that tends to get easily offended. Yeah. Is that because we're so concerned with being the right one all the time to be super competitive that we're not willing to listen to bigger groups of people, people who have different opinions because we're just so narrow and most of the people I know think this way. So this has to be right. Yeah. Well, that's why I love that book, Loser Think, because he, he goes into that kind of stuff and, and and hmm. reminds you to think outside the box of those right. things and, and, it's, and to not conform. Right. And dare I say, 
that maybe is a problem when your socialization is done on too small a scale. Right, yeah. Maybe if from young ages we're teaching kids to interact with other people, showing respect to older people, you know, along the way comes social skills and character development to teach them to listen and respect others' opinions, you know, and all of these things. Maybe we'd be more receptive and less competitive. Maybe we'd be more willing to work on teams instead of sabotaging our own teammates so that we can still come out ahead. You right. know, like, I feel like that happens in the workplace still oh, all the time. Oh, totally. People are, are sociopaths, it seems right. like, you know. like you have a common on. goal. Yeah, and then they want all the credit yes. or... Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Right. So, I don't know. I'm no um, psychologist, well, but I wonder... Well, these people get produced somehow. Right. And when, when you think of... We're all taught to conform for over a decade, you know, and... And to look like everyone else or you get made fun of. Right. To act like everyone else or you get made fun of. Right. And only recently have certain groups of people been coming out saying, I want to be this way. Right. And and they're getting heard. Right. But what about all the other categories of people? Right. You know? Yeah. I think, I mean, we joked about this when we were talking about socialization and we talked about Screech. Yeah, um, totally. Like that in the late eighties and early nineties, it was totally okay to make fun of nerds, dorks, yeah. dweebs, all of that stuff. That was totally okay. Yeah, but no one is speaking up for them. No, because I, I mean, I think society has shown us that those people end up oftentimes becoming quite successful. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, but think of all that they had to go through. You yeah. know, like that is just cruel. Yeah, it is cruel. And then now Lord people the dress up like dweebs for Halloween. You I know, know, like I see like teenagers. I still, I still I, like pretend to push my glasses in my right. my forehead. You know, right. I know. You know, it's just it's just a, a funny joke right. that we do. But maybe you know? if we were less concerned about all of this conformity and fitting in, yeah. maybe we wouldn't be making fun of people. And then maybe people who feel marginalized wouldn't feel so. I know exactly. I don't know. Well, and you wouldn't have all the bullies because. Right. The bullies are hurting people as well, right? The, so, so you you still can get bullying in traditional school and in homeschool, oh, sure. and even within the family unit. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> and it can rotate through as well, you know, from adult to child, from child to child, and so, <clears throat> like, those people are all hurting. Right. But they're having to conform. I mean, think of all the stress. They can't they, show their pain. Yeah. Yeah. So then they have to conform, and it's survival of the fittest. Right. I so mean, I don't know. So yeah, we'll get off so our so many tangents. You yeah. can go. Yeah. And now you see why the Facebook boards get lit up whenever yeah. anyone mentions socialization because we all have these strong opinions and we all feel like you know that's really not what people mean. Right. You know when people are saying they're worried that somebody's kids aren't going to be socialized, that's really not what they mean. Yeah. You know, and so what do you really mean? Can you just say what I don't you think mean? They know what they really mean. I, I, I think so too. Yeah. Or they just really don't want to say, "Aren't you afraid your kids going to be weird? weird?" Yeah. And then because that one's easy to answer, who cares? Well, yeah. And my I I, I was always told in traditional school that I was weird. Because right. I, I was pep commissioner, and I'd go around trying to motivate people to come to the pep rally. Right. And <laughs> doing a little boogie dance next yeah, to Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah, and I was more extroverted than the average Joe extrovert, you yeah. know? So their response to me, and probably feeling the challenge or pressure, was, you're weird. And then right. I always figured out to say, well, I'd rather be weird than ordinary. 
Right. And so, you know, and then they'd go, yeah, proved my point. You just proved my point. And, um, but you know, I think of, I think now if someone were to say, what about socialization? I'd say, I love who my kids are becoming. Yeah. And they love who they're, they're becoming. Right. So what, is there a problem with that? Like, you know, yeah, the whole, you know, you've mentioned this before, the unapologetically themselves, I love so much. And, um, uh, someone was just posting how, you know, mean kids need to, you know, learn not to be mean. And I was like, yeah. So I guess the only time people who are unapologetically themselves, if they're mean, then they do need to apologize. Right. But, but other than that, we want them to be who they are, even if it, right. even if it is weird right. to somebody else. Yeah. Be as yourself. long as they're kind, you know? Right. Exactly. Yep. I agree. Um, so obviously we've already talked a ton about how homeschoolers socialize. I'm not even sure we need to talk about it. Right. I mean, we have our co-ops. very obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Co-ops. I mean, we've already. Well, our family, our own family, game night. I mean, just sitting around the table, right? Yeah. Yeah. Social, you know, um, there's clubs, there's activities after, you know, extracurriculars, there's all kinds of interest groups. You know, so we were saying to maybe it really comes down to the parent needing to make sure they find opportunities for their kids. Maybe they have kids who require more social time than others, which again is a kind of a different type of topic, but the same on the same thread. Right. And so if they need more social time, find more social interactions, find more opportunities, Um, you know, diversify them, you know, like. There's opportunities to do service projects, you know, mm-hmm. go to that nursing home, read books to people mm-hmm. or, you know, go somewhere. Well, they say books too. What's so great about reading books is it mm-hmm. gives them other people's perspective. For sure. And so then they actually do have a better understanding of people the more right. that they read because right. they are seeing the world through different lenses and they right. can actually meet people where they are better. Exactly. And actually mm-hmm. going back to that book, How to Eat Fried Worms, I think it's very important to diversify the books that you read. If you read oh, yeah. too many books about narrow age groups and mm. the kids who interact this way that we pulled our kids away from intentionally, yeah. you know, then you have to be careful, you know, and that was part of the reason I was trying to spread out Harry Potter a little bit too, is because oh, yeah. I didn't want her to, to normalize all of these things at such a young age. And again, you know, like we're reading it through something else, yeah, and, you yeah, know, so yeah. who cares where it comes from? It's still coming, but the idea is there. And so I just need to still be more diligent about that because I want her to see a more diverse world a more mm-hmm. diverse social interaction, you know, amongst yeah. people and not just see that, you know, kids this age, they all act this way, yeah. you know, and that's they okay all, for you too. They all, yeah. they all say, leviosa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I do it in my normal right. day, you know, right. Well, I was thinking about how to eat fried worms, going yes. back to that. And there was at that point where it was a really big bully moment yeah. where um, Billy could have died being put in a cistern, right? right? So I talked about that with the kids and I said, here's what happens. All of those kids are good kids. Right. They're, they're made in the image of God. Right. They're made with purpose right. and calling. But when someone gets desperate, they do terrible things, right? No matter how good they are, it, it, you know, throughout history, we have seen that throughout right. the, ho- and start talking about the Holocaust right. even like, right. When people are in survival mode yeah, and, and they can only see one thing, <clears throat> they do some crazy wicked things. Yep. We are all That's sinners. totally out yep. of their character. 
And, and so you can't really ever put it past, like you think of an animal, if it's desperate, you know, that if it's afraid, that's something to be afraid of, right. you know? And yeah. so when this character in the book, Alan got afraid and desperate, he yeah. was doing things that even the, the more sneaky, you know, the sly fox yeah. kid was like, wait, what? No, this do you hear okay. what you're saying? Yeah. Do you really want to do this? Yeah. And so I got to talk about that with the kids and right. really um, say, watch out for that too in your own self when you get exactly. desperate and also in the people around you, whether it's a child or an adult. Right. So, so it was a really neat conversation we got to have because exactly. of the book. Exactly. Know? And I think that's what's really important. <clears throat> and I think that's where maybe maybe homeschoolers might even have a leg up on right. being able to speak into those. You know, I, I read the books along with my kids. You know, I know what yeah. she's reading. I read all the Percy Jackson books, right, right. which was actually really fun because <laughs> they, um, there's a whole camp for people who are different and they typically are dyslexic and ADHD oh, yeah. because they are demigods. They're the half-bloods of, you know, Olympians and, um, oh, interesting. and, or, you know, Greek gods and humans. And so anyway, it's just interesting. So instead they have their own cool school where they're all the same, you know, and so it kind of, you know, like it doesn't glorify that type of, uh, you know, stuff yeah but at the same time it's this idea that you know you're unique in your own way and these these are the ways that you're special you know right. so it was kind of a a change from it always being you know the nerds you know right. or the the bad kids that's or cool. something like that yeah so that's it's kind cool of a, school it's cool school <laughs> it's kind of a, a cool little way of of doing that and again that's just a narrow little group yeah. of kids but at the same time it's just neat to have different perspectives and to see things differently so. well I like what you said diversify Right. You know, just have a, a variety of, of potential interactions in their life. And, right. and that exposure, you, you being there for a lot of it, right. you can breathe life into it. You can flesh right. it out for them. You can help them navigate it. So then they know what they're looking at in the future. Exactly. All right. That's well, all I had about socialization. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm sure we'll have more to say I know. In, in future we'll podcasts. We'll listen back to this and go, oh, we didn't say this. Yeah, no. But don't worry. It's we'll a fun it a discussion. Yeah. yeah. We'll put everything we didn't say back into the blog. Yeah, yeah. All right. So what kind of choice did you have? Okay, so my kids started uh, private golf lessons. Right. So we they've had two now. Okay. And what's really cool is my husband was saying he and the coach have seen a huge amount of growth. Wow. So super excited about that. And then um, uh, my older one and my youngest one got to do a par three course. And my older one had already done it, but uh, got to go with the grandparents one time. And then they went together the other day. And uh, so I, I really see this sport, you know, growing in them. And I right. love that, especially because it's Literally two minutes from our house. That's awesome. Course. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So it makes so it cool. easy. And then the part three is like, um, it's at Welk Resort actually. So oh, it's nice. like 30 yeah. minutes from our house, but it's still like close enough, you yeah. know? So it's, um, and they, my, my husband found the cheap time. If you go after the one o'clock hour, it's only $15 a person. So it's nice. not an expensive. So, um, we only bought golf lessons for four weeks. Okay. And then we wanted to see if it could translate, if it could sure. translate into... Right, for one or all. Or, yeah, 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 and how, if if they were really coachable kids, you know, in, sure. in this genre. Sure. So, but it was, it was, it brought me joy that 
they really got to see, I, or my husband really got to see the growth. Yeah. And see the payoff of that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, my little guy, August, is in the Y phase. Oh, fun. Yes. So <laughs> I'm using this as a joy to even reframe my own mind about this because there's moments where it's hard, where it's he's just literally saying why and continuing to say why just because. And he That's doesn't so funny. really care. Yeah. I never really had a kid that did that on a regular basis. Yeah. He definitely does it to poke at you, mm-hmm. you know, whereas my, my daughter definitely asked a lot of whys. She didn't use it to poke at me very often. But, um, yeah, my little guy, he is definitely curious about the world around him. Yeah. And then I do think that there is some level of of him trying to understand things. I do think he he, he thinks kind of similarly to me. Like, I, I want to know why you actually made that decision because... You know, like I need to understand for next time, you mm-hmm. know, because he is so um, sensitive, mm-hmm. we tend to want to learn those things about people so that we can avoid a negative interaction next time. And so I'm actually very curious to see if that's what these whys eventually become or right. if it's just that curious phase of life where everything is why. Yeah. You know, Augie, will you please go put that in the trash? Why? Yeah. Because we clean up after ourselves when we're all done. Oh, my word. Why? <sighs> Well, because if we didn't, yes, it, it seems endless, but it's an opportunity yeah. to speak into him oh, and to, totally. you know, yeah. give him my lens about the world and, you know, about our family and all I that I mean, and he's totally open to it. He's right. asking you. Right. So whether he's taking it in or just yeah. saying why, just to say why, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm going to use that as an opportunity. I love that. Yeah. Especially because those years are fleeting, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, they're not going to want to, they're not going to be asking us why, <laughs> you know, in a few years. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. That's just be annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. My son, you know, I'm already seeing them it's coming. these things. Yeah. yeah it's so. coming for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. That's it. All right.